0: of you remember Uh, does anybody remember it whoa you turn me down my wife does yeah some of us older people and then a few of the young um who was that nancy kerrigan yeah and it was uh the olympics always have a bit of a soap opera uh aspect to them That, that may have been the worst soap opera aspect ever Um, And I love the Winter Olympics, okay? I love curling. I I, uh, This is the first year we've lived here that I haven't curled, and I started curling because of the Olympics. I love the Olympics. We try to usually eat at our dinner table, except for on Thursday nights, which is pizza night at the Terrell household. Uh, It's homemade pizza, and we watch TV together. Uh, But during the Olympics, we will sit in front of the TV and eat almost every night. And um, it's interesting because Nancy Kerrigan... She got accused of saying, why me? But you just saw the actual video. She actually doesn't say, why me? She says, why, why, why? And the scripture we're going to read tonight, we're going to talk about, deals with with one aspect of why. So uh, let's go through the, the scripture. Will's going to operate it behind me. It is on the paper. There's Bibles around you. And on the Tapestry Bible is page 831. Actually, 830 through 831. We're going to be read, reading verse 12 all the way through verse 30, which says the following. So chapter 1 of Philippians, verse 12 through 30. Now I want you to know, brother, uh, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard or praetorian guard um, And to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Because of my chains, most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. It is true that some preach Christ out out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so in love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, but sincerely excuse me, but but sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. Oh, excuse me, but not sincerely. There we go, that makes more sense. But what does it matter? Let me repeat that. But what doesn't matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your parents Um, if I go on to the body, this will mean fruitful labor. And I just lost my place. I'm so sorry. For me. Um, yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and to depart, uh, which is better by far. But it is that I remain in the body. Convince that I will. Sorry, this is. Remain with you again. Through your own righteousness, will overwhelm whatever happens. Conduct yourselves in no a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, when I come and see you, or only hear of you, I will know that you continue as one man to faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who, who oppose you. This is a sign to them that, uh, that will be destroyed, but but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for him, since you are going through the same struggles you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. I want to show you something. Some of you may have seen this before, Uh, and I do not speak French. My wife does, and I actually forgot to ask you how to pronounce this. Uh, so I'm gonna, you know, hopefully, you know, somebody in the room will know how to pronounce it. I'm not any pressure on you. Um, this is a, a very famous death mask. Now, some of you may know this, some of you may not, but it's pretty common. Um, 18th to 19th century, somewhat 20th century too, uh, for people to do death masks. And, and when somebody died, they would do a plaster mold, and then they would do something that would be bronze, be plaster, be other things. But they would form a mask to kind of remember this one. They were Lincoln. Lincoln that's like two weeks in a row, but I cannot pronounce simple words like Um, but it's it's not uncommon And this well, you've seen this. Some of you have seen this this actually very close, and you just don't know it. Alright, just can anybody tell me how to pronounce it? I'll tell you what it means. I'm taking that as notes, I'm making it up and you don't know any different. La in canada de la scene, which is absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> But you didn't try so therefore I'm right. No 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 no, you're too late. <laughs> Nobody else tried. There's a D now. Here's what it means, okay? It means the unknown woman of the same. This is a sixteen year old girl who was found in the same. They they do not I every time I hear my wife speak my son, I think they're not and they're mocking me just wait some of you in the room will have teenagers one day those of us who've had teenagers you know they're mocking you all the time so there we go guys 16 year old woman who was found in the Seine River and um, the mortician who was taking care of her body thought she was so beautiful that he wanted to make a mask and so he made this this mask of this unknown young lady who had no one to claim her she was just a death and and so many people were touched by the beauty of her face but also the fact that she had she was just unwanted unclaimed that during the 19th century her face began to pop up in artists' rooms as a reminder of of the unwanted and the beauty that, that sometimes is in the midst of the unwanted. Well, we'll talk about her. We're going to come back to her. But instead, of, we're going to talk about this. Because see, what we, we started off with, with Nancy Kerrigan, is why. And to be honest, with the, the unknown young woman in the same, why is still the question of, you know, why would someone, yes ma'am. They still don't know. They don't know who she is. They still don't know what happened. They. Oh, I'm so sorry. Nancy Kerrigan was the American hopeful for the gold medal in 1994. Um, She ended up winning the silver, and basically, uh, a lady named Tanya Harding was her biggest competition. And in Detroit, Michigan, uh, when the national competition was going on, uh, Tanya Harding's husband basically waited in the hall for Nancy Kerrigan. Thank you, by the way, there's. Uh, to walk out, and when she walked out, Tanya Harding's husband, they didn't know this at the time, took out a uh, a police baton, hit her in the knee, trying to break her leg. Now, he actually didn't break her leg, and I don't remember which leg it was, but he hit her about there, so it bruised her, her muscles very severely, but it did not break her leg. But was trying to break her leg because he was going to gamble and bet money on his wife. Uh, it's pretty good chance that Tanya Harding knew about it. She was convicted of crime, but she wasn't convicted of, of participating in that. She was convicted of actually uh, keeping uh, the police from being able to actually properly investigate it. Uh, but Tanya Harding was her competition. and it is, you want an interesting thing. there's a, a 30 for 30 ESPN documentary on the whole thing uh, on, and it's more on the press at this point. But uh, you don't think of figure skating as you know, being that kind of cutthroat type thing. Who would bet on figure skating? I mean, <laughs> I've heard some stupid bets. That's a stupid bet. Um, but what ended up happening was the U.S. said Nancy, Nancy Kerrigan probably would have won this whole thing. She was taken out of it out of no fault of her, of, of, of her own. So therefore, we're going to go ahead and give her one of the two spots. And then Tanya Harding had the other spot. They both went to the Olympics. Tanya Harding placed eight, Nancy Kerrigan placed second. She won the silver medal. Um, I think it was a Ukrainian that won the gold. I don't remember who it was. I do remember that, that Nancy Kerrigan was America's sweetheart until she got the silver medal, and there was a long wait for whoever won the gold medal. And supposedly, someone told Nancy Kerrigan they're waiting for Oksana or whatever she put her makeup on because she's cried it off, and Nancy Kerrigan was caught on tape saying, what's it matter she's just going to cry it off again? Anyhow, let's get this thing over with. And she went from America's Sweetheart to ooh. <laughs> it, and and the interesting thing of the story is there's no winners here. Tanya Harding, her life is ruined. Uh, Nancy Kerrigan's life goes downhill pretty quickly. Also, You should watch it. 30 for 30 special. Uh, so, both these stories, they'll have a why in them. And, and both of them have a "why" that kind of is is like what ended up happening with Nancy Kerrigan. People thought she said "why me," but she didn't. She said "why." Well, so often when we hear "why," what we really mean is we we mean "why me." The, the biblical word for this is a, is a lament. Uh, the biblical word uh, for <coughs> excuse me, in lament, is basically where we are expressing grief or sorrow. But what we what we mean in that grief or sorrow is not like this is a terrible thing to happen. We mean this is a terrible thing to happen. To me. So often when we say why or when others say why, it, it's not like why, like, hey, if I only knew the reason why this happened, everything would be okay. I can't tell you the, the number of times as a chaplain for the police department and with companies or as a pastor, I have been in stressful situations and heard people say why. And all I could think at the time was, well, if you actually knew why, that wouldn't help one yet. i I have been with with parents when their child has has passed away. I've been with children when their parents have passed away. I have been at suicides. I have uh, actually been involved with one kid finding out his mom had been taken by a a serial killer. Why never mattered at all, but people always say it. And they're not actually asking for purpose most of the time. They're asking, why me? Paul, if anyone had the right to say, why me? Paul did. He mentions that he's a prisoner, and, and "prisoner" is a term that it's a little different from us. I hope you always remember the Bible is written in a culture that is two thousand years away from us. It's different from us. The the way they count is not even the exact same as us. You uh, want well, something interesting? You should look and, and see how Hebrews count. It's called inclusive time or counting. Think of like a two-year-old. The two-year-old's never two; they're two and a half. Or almost three. Well, a Hebrew wouldn't even do the almost or two and a half. It would just be like, I'm three. I started my third year. They they just think differently. And so when we hear prisoner, we have an image. And that image is not what Paul was going through. This is Paul's prison. Excuse me, actually. (laughs) Sorry. Sometimes I see Google images, and I forgot I put that in. I was looking up what was me, and this popped up. It just made me laugh, so I kept it in there. And it, think about it for a second, you'll get the joke. The Long Ranger tries to recite Isaiah 311, which is right below it. The first word of that is. Oh. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry, I I forget the joke, but this is Paul's prison. And and it looks lit up? That's what that we now? Uh, you know, we have non-natural illumination that's taking place. We have electricity that's going in there. This is a tourist trap, okay? Uh, Israel is a tourist trap now. The ancient Near East is a tourist trap now. Truthfully, it has been for a long, long, long time, uh, probably since the age of Constantine. Constantine's mother found a lot of these spots, supposedly. This is uh, in Rome, though, and this is probably where Paul and Peter were kept in prison. Now, prison there is a little different. In the Roman Empire, you were not sentenced to prison. You were kept in prison until you could be sentenced. Most of Roman criminal law was an eye for an eye, or you died. (laughs) That was, okay, I mean, and there were different things, such as if you bore false witness against somebody. Think of most modern-day politics, okay, is basically bearing false witness. Would you like to know what the crime for that is? Or, excuse me, the punishment for that is? Death. (laughs) Death. (coughs) Death. no lying in politics if you just kill everybody if they lie about another person. Um, the time was typically like if Freddie stole Ben's ear, then Freddie lost an ear. I don't know how you do that, but if you did. That was typically the punishment. And prison was just held for holding someone until they could go to trial. And this would be a, a larger case. This would not be for somebody's ear, as small a thing as that is. It would be for treason. It would be uh, for, for uh, crimes against the empire. It would be for murder if they didn't just go ahead and do it right then. Uh, lots of different things. And they would just keep you, keep you in prison long enough to figure out if you were guilty. And if you were guilty, you would either then be a slave on a, on a galley ship or in the mines, or you'd be a slave to soldiers, um, or you'd be killed. That was the Roman system. Ironically enough, Romans were really concerned about law. They have a much bigger civil law than criminal law. It's fascinating. They have lots of people who aspired to be lawyers who couldn't pay lawyers anything. uh, And they didn't study the law. They studied how to speak. It was all about convincing other people. Very interesting. But the way that it worked was that a prisoner would be let down into a hole. And if there wasn't enough room for them, they'd be let down into another hole. And they would be kept there in chains with guards. And, guards. and you would go, that's punishment for the guards. The guards would only be there four hours. They would be on shifts of four hours and then they'd be brought up. You can see the holes. There's one. There's another. This prison was probably used up until about the third century AD and probably built in 400 BC. It was not meant to hold people as punishment. It was considered that people. Barely alive until their trial, and if they died in the midst of it. They changed their. They were allowed guests, but why would anybody ever want to go visit them? They were given rule-like food, but realistically, most of their food they were dependent upon others. To give you an idea of what that means. Uh, if you read the New Testament, you're going to see again and again and again where it says, you know, to to maintain contact with prisoners. Jesus even says in Matthew 25 that he was in prison and you visited him. You suddenly begin to understand why that was so important. Hebrews 13.3 says this. Continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison. and Those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. This is why it's so important. The Christians who were put into prison, there's a really good chance they would die before they ever had a trial. So Paul was put into a situation where he was dependent upon the goodwill of other believers to survive. That's why actually this letter is written. If you remember at the very beginning, he talks about how you gave this gift and how how gracious that was. Well, that gift probably made sure that Paul had food, had probably slightly better accommodations than somebody else, and probably wasn't mistreated as much by the guards. Christians were paying to make sure that Paul survived. And in the midst of that, he would have every reason to ask why, but his why is an entirely different why. I mean, what he's going through is suffering, legitimate suffering. I don't know about you, I've I've been in detention once in my life, I got in a fight at a football game when I was in high school, and I cried like a little baby. Nothing tough about me at that point, okay? Just sobbing away. Um, and you know, then I went back to school and I talked about how I hadn't sobbed at all, but I sobbed while I was there. I don't want to be in prison. I definitely don't want to be in a prison that looked like that. Paul had every right to say why, but if you think through that passage of Scripture, and I would encourage you to read through it again and again and again, if I'm boring you, read that passage of Scripture. He says, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, and then he starts talking about what happens from it. His why is so different. I think it's phrased up actually uh, by, by the first verse we read, which is 12, which says this. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. If you read this whole thing as a natural letter, which is what it is, it's a letter. We call it scripture now because the church went, God's using this, but Paul wrote it as a letter. And he wrote it as a friendly letter. It follows an ancient Near Eastern custom for a friendly letter. Matter of fact, kind of a modern day. Uh, also. if you wrote a letter to your friend you would go, hi Eric how are you? and then what, what would you say after, how are you? Hi. yeah and that's, you read first, uh, excuse me the letter to the Philippians, and Paul goes hey, this is so and so, this is me I'm good actually what he says is I'm in prison he uses that, but instead of it just being the typical like, here's my situation he starts to use it to preach to the entire church he says, "This is my situation, and it is here to advance the gospel." As a matter of fact, this whole section he he takes it and he he bookends it. At verse twelve, he goes, "It's here to advance," and then verse twenty five, he says, "This is to encourage you to progress." Now, this is words he's saying. My circumstances are bad, but they're bad in such a way that God can use them, and not only can He use them, but He is using them. All right, Jan, I saw your hand. I didn't see your hand. I'm sorry. Well, when you have a little bit of money, it's okay. And actually, the guards would allow that to happen. If a visitor came, you could give that letter to them. They could give you stuff to read and such. That's why visitors, again, were so important. The guards were not going to do anything for you. But they didn't mind if somebody else came and did it as long as they didn't put... uh, your your guests didn't put the the guards lives in danger so they weren't opposed to a guest bringing you food a guest bringing you letters a guest bringing you uh, instruments to write with that wasn't a problem uh because if you caused trouble all that's going to happen was they were going to kill you and they were going to kill your guest romans had a really good way of handling problems so cuz paul says why but it's always about This progress. And that progress you can see in lots of different things. Uh, You may have noticed it. What did he say that his prison helped accomplish? His imprisonment. How did it further the gospel? Did anybody notice? Well, he said all the guards had heard about the gospel because of him being in jail. And this was probably the Praetorian Guard. Anybody here a gladiator fan? Should have heard of Praetorian Guard before. Real deal, probably not the same as it was in in Gladiator, but the Praetorian Guard was the guard of the Roman Emperor. They were the real deal. They were bad news. They were the best soldiers around because they received the best training and got the best equipment, and truthfully, they got the best bribes. Okay, So uh, Paul was put under their care. They were bad news, and they represented the empire, and now the empire is hearing about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they're not hearing about it because somebody special went and started to convince them. They're hearing about it because Paul was put into prison. See, what he's saying is, what is done to me has a purpose. It is advancing this. Jesus talks about it lots and lots of times. He talks about it with, with healings. So he says this. He says, you know this happened so that the works of God may be displayed in him. He says it over and over again because there is a purpose. There is a focus. The why that happens here is not why me. It's why in the sense of what is the purpose of this? And the purpose is to point to the kingdom of God. Paul is saying what happens to me is good, not because it is good in and of itself, but because it becomes a tool, becomes a tool for my biggest aim. And his biggest aim was for people to know the good news of Jesus Christ, to know that they could be set free from themselves, could be set free from the sin that is around us and that is in us so often. They could be set free and reminded of the fact that they are loved by God. That was his sole purpose. When you have one purpose, it changes everything. I love quoting Saran Kierkegaard any time I can because it makes me feel smarter just to say his name. But he has a very famous book that is basically about this one phrase which is mentioned over and over again, and is this. The purity of the heart, excuse me, purity of heart is to will one thing. Purity of heart is to will one thing. If you will one thing, you can work around everything else. One thing you can put up with anything else. And Paul is saying, my one thing is the kingdom of God and all this other stuff is good when it helps me to reach that goal. I love one of the examples he does. He says, not only do the whole guard know uh, about uh, the, uh, the, the gospel because of my imprisonment, but it has encouraged people to preach the gospel. Did you notice what type of preaching they did? He mentioned two types. Anybody? He mentioned some were preaching it out of good motives, and some are preaching it out of selfish ambition. I want you to think about what He's literally saying, these guys are preaching it to make me look bad. These guys are preaching it for their own selfish ambition. And that's great! That's wonderful! Why? Yeah, either way it gets preached. That would be like if somebody came in here and said, you know what, Robert stinks. Robert smells like mint jula. Somebody had tea that smells like mint. You were accused of having it, but I don't even see tea. Do you have tea? You should beat up Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> you said it was Joe. it would be as though Joe came in the room and said Robert stinks because he smells like mint julep and I hate mint julep so I'm going out here and I'm preaching the gospel because I want to kill tapestry I want everybody to hear the gospel from me and not from Robert and suddenly Joe has the church of Joe and the church of Joe is rocking but the whole thing is about he's just wanting to do it for spite for me but people are coming to know Christ and it would be like me going hey guys guess what There's only five of us here tonight. That's so awesome because Joe is preaching just to put me in my place and people are coming to the Lord. Do you hear how amazing that is? One purpose. Everything else is redeemed by the one purpose. It doesn't make the fact that he's in prison for for false reasons. He's in prison for reasons that that are not true, that he's done nothing against the empire. It doesn't make that good in and of itself. It redeems it. The bad that has happened to him is transformed by the fact that it helps him to reach his purpose. See, it's an entirely new way. And he's not preaching it to people who don't get it. Because the time period he's preaching in is when this guy is ruler of the Roman Empire. He's a guy named Nero, you may have heard of him before. He's pretty famous for the 20th. He's not the most crazy emperor of Rome, It belonged to several other people who probably got it, honestly, because of the fact they were in breath. They probably came from it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the beauty being in Wisconsin. I can say that. Nobody here's from though. It's awesome. Nobody's here from right? <laughs> because if not, then I'm picking on Mississippi. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <the first laughs> I forgot. The first official persecution of Christians happens from 64 AD to 68 AD. Nero uses the Christians as an excuse because Rome catches on fire, and the old saying is that uh, Nero fiddled while Rome burned. He blames the Christians. And it's not like that's the first accusation against them. The only reason the accusation works is because everybody hated the Christians already. See, When Christians went to be persecuted, they weren't like, this is great. I get to be eaten by a lion today. That's awesome. But they were excited about what was happening because they knew that it helped to point people to Jesus Christ. Their biggest goal, their only focus, their one thing was nothing else matters except for helping to honor Jesus Christ in such a way that people know him. That's what mattered to them. And therefore, the story is is that Nero used Christians dipped in pitch, tied to stakes, to light his gardens at night. And the story ends with, the legend is, that people were converted to Christianity because while they were burning, they were singing about the glories of God. That is not because the early Christians were just like, he-man, like, you know, chop off my foot and I won't even (laughs) wince. They didn't enjoy persecution. Yeah, it's just a (laughs) blood. Not a Monty Python, it's just a flesh one. They didn't enjoy persecution. They had one purpose. And to quote Porkins from Star Wars, they stayed on target. It's the best advice around, and and Star Wars is full of great things, but all his entire line the entire time is, those of you who are fans, is what? And if I've done done premarital counseling with you, I have quoted Porkins before and I say, that actually I talk about it with fights. I and mean, when you fight, you stay on target. Early Christians stayed on target. They knew what their target was and their target was that people would know Jesus Christ. That the kingdom of God would expand. And if my persecution helps to expand that, then my persecution is redeemed by that. Jeremiah says, The young women will dance and be glad. Young men and old as well. I will turn their mourning into gladness. I will give them comfort and joy instead of sorrow. This is not because God takes the evil that is done to us. not because God takes the pain that we go through and and makes it go away. He redeems the evil by turning what would be a why me into a what can God do with this. He takes it and he transforms it. Because it is still bad and evil that you know we go through pain. It is still bad and evil that we go through suffering. But when we point people to Jesus Christ as a result of it, that becomes the way that a ultimate good is accomplished. Their mourning is turned into dancing, not because the reason they were mourning this year, but because now their mourning points to something so much greater. I thought you were raising your hand for a second there. So, before I end, does anybody have anything that needs to be added? Yes, sir. Yeah, which was not there originally. <laughs> Oh, because of the fact that Peter was put there also. Good good catch. Um, Peter was put there also, and tradition has it that Peter <coughs> was crucified upside down. because He said uh, that he was not worthy to be crucified in the same name. Uh, so the upside down cross is the sign for Peter and for Andrew, I believe, but I'm not as sure on Andrew. Um, that's why. Good catch. Did anybody else notice that? That's not a satanic symbol, okay? It's not like, oh, a satanist is going in there. No, 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 it's a reminder that Peter was there. Uh, what? There we go. I didn't know that. I know the Pope has a big hat. So. Yes, that is true. So, okay, anybody else? All right. Can somebody tell me the time? Because I need to make sure of something. No, we're good. Okay. Then here, this is what I I want to do. If you remember, I started the story with, or started the sermon with two stories. One was the insecurity. Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> up I can't say it. I'm like, doesn't sound funny. Um, and the other was the memory of the Anybody ever done CPR training? Uh, they, call her her some her beard <laughs> they call her Annie uh, because of the fact that the daughter of the doctor who did been rescue in No? That is the early legend, is that it was his daughter's face that he put on me. Uh, but really, it, it, it's an Um uh, She did die. I don't know she died from. It. The young, lady insane. Yeah. the young lady insane when he was was doing that when he was developing rescue Annie, the face that he used was uh, a face that was common around and it was the young lady insane, so they molded rescue Annie's face off of the young lady the only really insane dying that will never be good it will never be good or death will never be something of like oh it's all the okay same now but God is able to use it to bring about life and that's a very good thing in your life there are things you will face both painful and good And both of them need to be directed in the sense of how do they help me to reach my one goal? If you were a follower of Jesus Christ, we should be constantly trying to do what what Siran Kierkegaard, a believer, was trying to do, which was he was trying to have a pure heart by focusing on one thing, and his one thing was Jesus. The good and the bad that comes into our lives, we should say, Why has God given me? Me this. Not in the sense of why me, but why has God given me this? Because He has a purpose for me to use it. The the job promotion you get, why has God given you this? the the, the job failure and getting fired, why has God given you this? Because He wants to use every last bit of it to expand His kingdom, and that's when He turns our mourning into dancing, and our dancing into spastic dancing. Okay, uh, that's when He you know makes it the chicken dance when it becomes so much better. As a joke. The chicken dance is not really good. Guys, he takes people like me and makes me dance like Jan because he turns not just our morning into dancing, but our best moments become even better moments when they're focused on the one thing. That's hard to remember. It's so much easier to say, why me? But you read through that that passage of scripture again and Paul says all of this is used to expand the kingdom. I'm able to share the gospel because I'm in prison. Other people are encouraged uh, because I'm in prison. Other people are just trying to get get, uh, people to turn against me because I'm in prison. But the gospel is still preached and that's all that matters. And he ultimately says, selfishly, I'd like to die and go and be with God. But if it's better for the kingdom for me to stay here, I'll stay here. I hope Jesus is your one thing. And I hope every event that happens to you this week, instead of saying, why me? You say, why God? And then let him direct you to use it to help bring about the kingdom. Let's pray and sing to the one that hopefully is our one thing. Pray with me, please. Father, thank you that you turn our mourning into dancing and that you make our joys greater still. Help us to be so focused on you that everything that pops into our life becomes an opportunity uh, for you to use to expand your kingdom. That we could be like Paul and say that what has happened to us has happened to advance your will. Pray this in the name of your son who is my one thing, and I I hope He is my one thing more and more each day. Amen. Let's sing to Him who's worthy.